welcome back to the Brits Guide to the NFL podcast. And um, it's been a while, but we've um, we're back to talk about sort of next season um, upcoming and, and obviously the draft as well. We've got Greg back on. How are you doing, Greg? Thanks for having me on, Callum. Yeah, very well, thank you. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Um, I think before we started, do you wanna do you wanna talk a bit about your you started a new YouTube channel, haven't you? I've been been following that a bit. <laughs> yeah, I have. Yeah, so um, obviously TikTok's quite a big thing now. I started on there doing a few videos about the NFL, and then uh, yeah, some YouTube videos as well. So I've done a few introductory things, looking at you know which team you should follow and how the draft works and things like that. So anyone that obviously is new to it or wants wants to know a little bit more about how it works, then obviously I've got a few videos there. Um, I've run into some laptop trouble recently, but I'm hoping to get some draft analysis and draft stuff out recently. So um, it's good to come on here and have a chat about it, hopefully. Hand Egg Greg, check it out. Yeah, definitely. Hand Egg Greg on YouTube and um, TikTok. <laughs> now, I, I, I've not really wrote anything down. I don't know whether YouTube, um, you know, prepared much, but like, I just thought we'd riff a bit today on, um, obviously, the drafts upcoming and... Um, and talk a bit about next season. Um, Greg, do you want to talk about um, how you think the Bills will do this off-season and, and looking forward to next season? Yeah, um, I'll go for it. So, I mean, literally a couple of hours ago, um, we cut John Brown and um, Quinton Jefferson, also restructured another contract as well. Um, so freeing up a lot of cap space. I don't think we're going to be making huge moves. I think it'll be one or two um sort of decent acquisitions that will fill in and a couple of sort of squad players. We're losing kind of backup players, uh, safety guard and, uh, and a couple of other positions, deep, some depth of wide receiver. So I think there'll be a couple of additions there or maybe fill it in later on in the draft. So it's a really exciting time. It's just like a football transfer season, really, although it's mm. uh, sort of uh, got more hype around it. So it's a very, yeah. very exciting time. Um, and yeah, I'm hoping that we can sort things out. I know we're set to lose a couple of key players uh, in different positions and there's, you know, 150 different ways it could go, really, in terms of the draft. But um, we're stuck down at 30th in the first round. So um, yeah. I think we might have to just take whoever falls. But I think there'll definitely be a couple of people that might fall uh, and a couple of interesting things we can do uh, trading down, potentially. Um, but no, I think it's it's really exciting, to be honest. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, you, the Bills are sort of in a... Um, because they've been rebuilding for a couple of years, you're almost in like a win-now mode now. You know, you've got Josh Allen performing at such a high level. Um, like you did last mm. season. I mean, you know, we said it, you know, last year you had a pretty good chance to reach the Super Bowl and, you you know, you didn't do too bad in, in the playoffs. Um, you know, you beat some really good teams. So it's like, I think you're in a really good setup to to really go forward next year and, you know, move that forward. And, um, you know, even Josh Allen maybe even can get, a, a you know, an MVP or something. Yeah, no, I think you're right. As you said, it's been a couple of years in the making this sort of team and getting ourselves to an AFC Championship game. Um, but now they've said that the goal, they've made it pretty clear, the goal is to host an AFC Championship game and obviously make it to a Super Bowl. So uh, we are pretty strong uh, in the majority of areas. Our running game is pretty average. But um, I think there's definitely a few things we could we can improve on, a couple of positions, some better depth. Um, but yeah, that it's exciting to see what's come, really. Um yeah, I don't think there'll be any big splashes, though. Um, maybe one or two veteran players like we did last summer to sort of plug in a couple of gaps. But um, no, I can't see us doing anything too crazy. But there's some amazing talent in uh, in free agency this year, especially at wide receiver and, mm. and a few other positions. I think it'll be really interesting to see where some of them land up. Yeah, for sure. Um, 
Zach, do you want to do you want to go on a bit of a Jets run as you as you always do? How, well, how I mean, you, how, I, I, I think things are looking a bit promising. I, I think I mentioned it on the last one that we did. I know it was a while ago now, but I was, mm. you know, I was quite impressed by the by the whole Robert Salah appointment. And I think I think we touched on that a little bit back then. You know, that sort of that sort of landmark's quite big for the NFL because uh, the NFL's reputation, I think, took a little bit of a battering in this last year mm. um, through, I think. Mainly in England, as as football players have started taking the knee, a lot of players, a lot of people have looked over to American football and and American sports in general and gone, you know, why did why did this Colin Kaepernick get alienated in the way he did? Why couldn't we have stood with him the way that we're standing with you know Premier League footballers and and, and lower league down now? So I think that to a point, the first ever you know Muslim coach in the NFL were were you know a massive thing, and for me, not enough being made about it. Obviously, you don't want to tokenize it and. And, and sort of make a, more of a deal about it than it is. But obviously, you know, it's important to recognise progress. So I think that, that were a, a, a really good move by the Jets. And, and obviously, he's got, you know, he's got really good credentials. You know, being involved in, in the 49ers and, um, and and the Jags and the Seahawks. Uh, so I, I think I think you get, I think Jets are getting a really, really solid coach. And obviously, not a lot's happened off, off field yet, but... Um, I think his job is made, has been made a little bit easier by the two wins that they picked up towards the back end of the season because that's sort of one area of his job now that he doesn't have to focus on. You know, yeah. it, it would have been a massive, massive task for him to come in and lift up a team that's gone north from 16 over the season. I think that it, it makes such it makes such a massive difference that they're now on them two games that you know you can look at a group of players and you can think, well, yeah, you know, you know, we can actually win. Uh, games of, of of football, so to speak, and um, so I think that, that I think that that were big, and and obviously I think just just looking forward. I mean, it can't it can't get much worse than it got last season, can it? So uh, the only way is up, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have loved Salah in Philly. To be fair, I think he's you know he's he's really exciting um, prospect, and I think I mean I've been reading conflicting reports about this Sam Darnold situation. Where where do you stand on this? Because I know you. You said early in the season that you didn't really think he was the guy to go forward. Do you, are you still on that uh, side of things, or do you think they're gonna they're gonna keep him? Um, I think it's difficult. I think obviously, I I, I think it's more of a case of waiting uh, until the end of the month to sort of um, look at Zach Wilson's pro day, yeah. and then I think is it twenty sixth of March Zach Wilson's pro day. Um, I think Justin Fields is March thirtieth or thirty first. I uh, I still think like from what I've heard and stuff, I think um, Zach Wilson is a better prospect than Justin Fields. Uh, yeah. Like I don't watch much college football, but from what I've seen and heard, um, Zach Wilson does look quite good. The only he, he does look a bit undersized, um, which is slightly worrying. Obviously, coming from BYU as well, it's yeah. yeah I, I I don't know, but there is you know. Obviously, the quarterback um, prospects coming out of this year's draft class is looking um, pretty good. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence and is expected to go at one. But, yeah, it'll be interesting to see whether the Jets do, um, you know, take a punt on someone like Justin Fields or Zach Wilson or they do keep with Sam Darnold. But my only thing is that Sam Darnold doesn't really show much progress from being drafted. And I think that's, you know... It's it's how far you want to stick with him, and you know, or do you want to change things up? I think for me, I'd, I'd you know, I, I agree with you. I think, I'd, like I said, I don't watch a lot of college football. I watch a little bit here and there. 
Uh, but from what I read, you know, Zach, the, the, he, you know, some of the experts do fancy Zach Wilson to turn out to be more of a player than Justin Fields. But uh, I think what we're encouraging is that I, I think it was Joe Douglas that spoke um, in an interview I watched over week uh, that apparently something like eight or nine teams had called and asked about the availability of of uh, of, of Sam Darnold. So. I think it's encouraging mm. that there's people that are willing to take him off off the Jets' hands, if you know what I mean, rather than yeah. sort of being stuck with a player who, who who's not really wanting to be there, nor does the coach or or the hierarchy really want him there. Um, so I think I, personally, I'd go with Zach Wilson and and sort of move that Sam Darnold on. But having said that, I don't think Sam Darnold is the worst option to be stuck with in in sort of the the, the nicest way possible without wanting to seem like. I'm a 20-year-old kid from my bedroom, you know, criticising an NFL top-level quarterback. Well, I mean, especially when you look at um, the amount of quarterbacks that are, you know, wanting to, to move around, you know, you've got Deshaun Watson and and rumours about Russell Wilson as well wanting to leave. Now, I don't know, what do you, what do you two make of... I mean, especially Deshaun Watson, because there was a clip that came out. I think I spoke to you about this, Greg, um, mm. on one of the last episodes yeah. where um, where um, Watt was talking to Deshaun Watson about, um, you know, we've wasted one of your years. And you do feel like Deshaun Watson is, I mean, I think he's probably a top five QB, in, you know, on his day. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see where he lands and whether he goes to a team that is in, a sort of win now mode, you know. There was rumours of him going to somewhere like Washington, which I just think is it's quite ridiculous. To be fair, I don't see why he'd go there, but yeah, that's going to be interesting as well to see Deshaun um, where he goes. Yeah, absolutely. There's going to be a lot of uh, QB moves, a QB carousel. I think people are mm. dubbing it. Um, yeah, Deshaun Watson again. Like it's very, very rare that a sort of top five QB becomes uh, available in the sense that that they could be traded and they want out uh, indefinitely. So, I mean, I've seen some crazy, crazy packages, but there's definitely, you know, the Panthers, the Broncos, potentially the 49ers, if, if they can work things mm. around, um, that are desirable destinations and they are strong, they would be strong sides with a good QB. Um, so, yeah, it certainly makes for interesting debate in terms of where he'll end up. As I said, I don't think Washington's a particularly good, good fit, but there's a lot of QBs that, you know, want out or, you know, Cam Newton's looking for a new team and, you know Russell Wilson, as you mentioned, I can't see him being being moved, being traded um, mm. personally. But yeah, there's definitely a few QBs on the move. Um, going back to Sam Darnold, I think he's actually not a terrible quarterback. I don't think he's a great system. He hasn't had great weapons. Um, but as you said, I think if you were to trade him, he probably could get like a third round pick or fourth round pick, which it might be better than he's worth next year if he sits out and Zach Wilson or whoever you draft at two gets a lot of the snaps. So it's a tough one. I mean, even having them both as a competition. Uh, competing for QB one would make it interesting, um, but yeah, there's a lot. There's gonna be a lot of movement. Um, we're only just getting started, really, which is kind of exciting but um, daunting at the same time. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I completely forgot about that when you said about um, the 49ers. That could be an interesting place, especially with. I don't even know what's going on with the whole Jimmy Garoppolo situation and stuff. And I mean, you know, let's not forget the Niners were in the Super Bowl. Um, a couple of years ago so it's like I mean they lost yeah. a lot of players through injury this year as well um, I mean can you imagine like Deshaun Watson just in that Niners team in that Niners offence with you know, Kittle that, that would be pretty lethal 
Yeah, well, as you said about, it's kind of flown under the radar, really, how good they were um, in 2019 when they got to the Super Bowl, even with Robert Salah, um, which, again, doesn't get talked about enough. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a star-studded team. They're probably pushing it close on the on the cap and things like that because they have a lot of a lot of good talent and they're very balanced side. But um, yeah, Deshaun Watson in there would just be that would push them right up uh, as one of the contenders, I think. Uh, but I think most teams getting a, a QB like Deshaun Watson would automatically be pushed up as contenders just because of the hype. Mm. But I yeah. think they're in a good position with with decent defense uh, and some decent weapons and O line and things. So yeah, it's, it's it'll be interesting to see where he goes if he goes as well. Yeah. Um. I think it's it's only right that we um see, well since since we last spoke um it's finally happened Carson Wentz has gone I just want to get your you two's um opinion on um you know as outsiders how how do you see this going down and how how do you see the Eagles situation moving forward I've got quite a lot of notes here so I'll just let you boys um um go first Zach you can take the lead if you want mate. <laughs> uh, well, I'm, a, I'm I'm disappointed because it means that we're going to have to stop having one hour long podcasts and we're going to be down for about 20 minutes now because Callum's got no else to talk about anymore. Um, I, I think it were the, the I think it were I'm, I'm delighted it's finally gone. I, I think it were very it were quite an unhealthy toxic relationship for both mm. parties in the end. Uh, we mentioned it a lot the role that his agent played and uh, I'm sick and tired of agents to be honest with you. You know you looked at last week when you had the Mohammed Salah thing when he got to cough after. 60 minutes and his agents tweeting cryptic things out after match and you know that was same with Carson Wentz you know agents running mouths and just making it really really uncomfortable and especially when Carson Wentz didn't really have a lot of I didn't feel he had a lot of credit in the bank last season because his performances weren't really good enough you can blame them around him and he was and the, sort of the coaching let's be honest like he was one of the worst quarterbacks in football yeah I mean he's like People like Mohamed Salah can make demands and, and his agent can do things like that because he's practically untouchable because of the contributions he's had to Liverpool. You know, Carson Wentz last season couldn't, you know, he didn't have, he, you know, he needed to fight for his place in the team. He didn't, and he, and in the end, it, it was just very, very uncomfortable. And obviously, then Jalen Hurts burst onto the scene and he, he really laid down a marker in 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 the game against were it the Saints when he when yeah. he had his when he had first career start, yeah, beat yeah, it was and. You know, really, really impressive, and and if anything, the situation was made worse by the fact that Jalen Hurts came in and put in a performance like that against such a strong, such a strong defense. So uh, delighted that he's gone. Delighted for Carson that he's out because, like I said, I think it was just a a relationship that weren't mutually beneficial at all, and, and it became quite uncomfortable. And and obviously, I think that I think both parties will be better off without each other after last season. Yeah, and also the fact that, you know, I said it plenty of times that there was, you know, like you said, there was too much baggage um, in Philly and, and that, that era with Carson, um, you know, needed to be finished ultimately. Um, and also he didn't really show any signs of wanting to stay as well. You know, he never came out on social media, which I think was, as an Eagles fan, was one of the most frustrating things about it was that he never came out on social media and denied the rumours or, you know, came out and said, right, I want to, I want to, you know, stick through the tough times, and uh, I'm going to be the quarterback next season, and and really propel this team forward. But you know, he never he stayed silent. He um, kept posting hunting videos on Instagram like he always does, and didn't really do anything. So I think you know, just going off of that, then you know, how can you expect to have a job at the end of it? 
Yeah, no, I think I think you're both exactly right. And as Zach described, it was pretty pretty toxic. Um, I think getting rid of him was a, a tough financial decision in terms of I think was it the biggest dead cap in yeah. in history or something? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but just awful awful stuff. But um, I think he definitely needed to go in terms of uh, if the Eagles need to move forward and uh, and kind of try and progress and uh, and salvage something with the team that they have at the moment, then it had to be done. Um, went to the Colts, probably quite a good fit. Um, I don't think they gave up too much either. So it's kind of a lower risk um, f- for them as well. And they're pretty much a team that's ready to compete anyway. They should be in around the playoffs again like they were last year. Uh, I quite like them as a side and I think he'll fit in quite well. Whether he improves on last year, as you said, he was a bottom five QB in the league really, wasn't he? Um, so whether he improves is kind of yet to be seen. But he'll have one of the best offensive lines in the league um, and uh, plenty of talent around him. So again, a change of mentality and stuff might be good for him. Leaves the Eagles, you know, rebuilding, as you say. So yeah. be interesting to see where they go in free agency if you can or uh, or even the draft. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad that it's gone and I'm glad that it's all done. Um, but we, we can't not talk about the financial situation that's left us in. You know, obviously paying in that massive contract was a huge mistake. And, um, you know, I think it was the biggest guaranteed money contract um, in the history of the NFL, so it's like, well, it leaves us in a tricky spot now, especially with um, recent news that um, Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman don't really know what they're doing, which is not a surprise, really, um, because I think it is going towards that um, slightly directionless organisational disaster that it was sort of hinting at throughout the um, last season. Um, Jason Kelsey's coming back, who is, you know, I'm sure you know, probably one of the best centres in the league. And, um, you know, I do think it's important to keep that veteran core, you know, especially on the offensive line to to protect Jalen Hurts next season. Because um, mm-hmm. I think that, that, you know, that could be um, the worst thing possible if he gets injured now. Um, so keeping, you know, Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson is going to be key, even though they are, you know, veterans and, and getting on the older side. But, um, yeah, you've got Jordan Mailata looking good on the left-hand side, and I think um, you know Brandon Brooks and Lane Johnson coming back off of injuries um, is going to really help this offensive line. A lot of people wanted to blame Wentz's demise on on um, the offensive line, but um, you know Jalen Hurts coped okay um, with the same situation. So um, yeah, this thing with Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox as well, um, you know. I don't mind keeping those guys, um, you know, finishing their careers in Philly. Hopefully, you know, two two of the greatest Eagles. Um, but my what I'm something that I saw this week, which was really strange, and I'm really questioned which direction we're going in, whether we are rebuilding or whether um, he um, Jeffrey Lurie and Harry Roseman do want to go for a player for next season is re-signing Darius Slay because I think Darius Slay come in as one of them court cornerbacks and you know he's he's probably like sort of a top five top ten cornerback in in the league and he came in and he he had an average year last year and I don't think he he warranted um you know a contract extension the fact that they re-signed him as one of the most you know the one the only uh sort of blue chip talents that we have um hinted to me towards you know they think that we could make a playoff run next season, which to me just seemed baffling because I think this team's not ready to compete in the next two or three years. 
um, never mind next year. So, you know, re-signing those guys, it's just like, you know, they're caught in two minds at the minute. It's like, do you want to rebuild or do you want to go and compete? Um, so, yeah. yeah, the thing with that is, though, like if you, you obviously want to sign your best players back and keep the core around, especially your most talented mm-hmm. players, like you said, but you're going to end up tying your hands at some point if you're giving them contracts. Um, and especially some of the older guys that you mentioned, obviously, um, Brooks and Lane Johnson and uh, Cox and Graham and players mm-hmm. like that. Um, it's important to have that core and that experience there. But at the same time, um, who know, two or three years down the line, you're going to have a completely new look team, really, aren't you? Um, so there's a, a very difficult, a very fine line between you know, being competitive now and looking to the future. I, th- I feel like the NFL definitely um, exacerbates that because you're always mm. trying to obviously be competitive now and you want to get in the playoffs and you want to get to the Super Bowl. But at the same time, you've got to think ahead. You've got to think contracts for next year and the year after and you're restructuring stuff and you're thinking about, you, you know, these decisions don't happen overnight. So as you say, it's going to be some difficult conversations and they mm. really need to work out a game plan, really. Well, as well, it's like, if you look at this Eagles roster right now, it's like, I'd say it's a, bottom five roster in in the league like i mean look the nfc east is terrible dallas suck obviously and washington don't have a quarterback new york have um gettleman in charge who still believe in daniel jones somehow um so you know it's it's um yeah it's a tricky one but you know i still think we have actually a good chance considering how bad this year's gone and how bad last year went and this downward trend that seemed to be um, exacerbated last year, you know, I still think we have a decent chance to win the NFC next year, which is crazy to think. Um, obviously, Dallas re-signing Dak Prescott, um, Jerry Jones um, paying out again. I mean, Dallas, I mean, if you look at the economic situation in Dallas, like they're, they're on the rocks a bit as well, you know, paying um, Zeke, who... I think it's probably one of the most overrated running backs. I don't think he's, you know, performed to to what his contract warrants, and you know, paying people like Jalen Smith and Demarcus Lawrence. I mean, they've they've not looked like the same players as as they were before they they were given the the huge contracts. So, yeah, I I don't think it's all doom and gloom, but I just I don't know where the Eagles are right now. They they're sort of caught up in in two minds. Yeah, no, I think you're absolutely right. I mean. The contracts thing is a difficult one. Like you say, you get a few players that, you, you know, they, they hit form and they have a great year and then they get overpaid. Uh, even if you look at uh, the Goff and Stafford trade, obviously yeah. Goff's contract was big as well and that uh, the Rams had to take a bit of a hit on that one. But um, yeah, it's one of those things, unfortunately, when you when someone's in form and when they're in their prime uh, and they're going to demand the most money, even that Prescott's contract, um, I know he had a, a bad injury last year and missed most of the year, but I think it's actually quite a, a good deal uh, in terms of um, for the Cowboys, just because making it kind of front heavy, um, and then it, it's it sort of dwindles out a little bit later on. So it allows them to have some freedom to build around him in the future. And again, he's probably a five, fifth or sixth on the top in the top quarterbacks in the league. So um, it makes sense wow, for them. But yeah, contracts high? is a pretty difficult. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, yeah. I think he's probably the best quarterback in the NFC East. Um, mm. Yeah, I think on it, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how he comes back from this injury. You know, famously Carson was completely different player after his injury, and you see that mm. around the league after you know, especially quarterbacks as well. If they if they gain this, so did he get an ACL? Um, was it an ACL? Yeah, I believe it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see how how that changes him, and um, 
Dallas also don't really have the, the best offensive line either. Um, so, yeah, Zach, how do you, how do you see the this Cowboys situation in the NFC East? I think I think well, sort of the NFC East is in in general. Um, I think like you said, it's, it's again it's a wide open. You know, for you to come out and say that you think you've got a chance, you've got a chance of winning it is 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 you know it's bizarre for me. But you know, you, you're not you're not without a chance. So, um, yeah, I think like you said, it, it all depends on on recovering from injuries. Um, I think we we were talking about it on on first one we did that with you, Greg, is that we were talking about the injury that Tua sustained when he was at college football. You know, the um, yeah, the he injury, terribly, didn't he? Yeah, you know, yeah. I think people underestimate sometimes how. People think that oh, once you've recovered from injury, it's back to normal. But you know, there's so many other factors, and you sometimes you just got to get a bit of time and patience and actually see where you're going. But and like you said as well, the most famous examples, uh, Carson, Carson never, you know, mm. never been the same since his injury. So um, yeah, I think the, I think how he recovers from that injury will, um, like you said, it's an ACL will depend on 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 how they do. But uh, like you said, it's just it's a wide open division, and you know, like you said, it's quite poor and low on quality. Well, I think the fact that, you know, um, is it week 17 that we, um, I think we would have beat Washington if we hadn't have um, thrown that game away. So, I mean, that just shows you, like, how, you know, despite how bad we were last year, we still nearly beat, um, you know, the winners of that division. So, it's, yeah, it's all to play for. Yeah, it's not a particularly... uh inspiring division I suppose is it but as you say any team is kind of in the hunt someone has to win it someone has to be in the playoffs um, so yeah I suppose you've got an even chance uh, Washington definitely need a quarterback and need a few pieces on offence uh, the Cowboys again as you say they've got a few misfiring bits a couple of holes a couple of injuries people coming back from um, so yeah there's definitely I don't see why not but uh, again it's, it's pretty hard to predict you one through four in that division uh, as are a lot yeah. of them I mean when you look at the Cowboys like the Cowboys have probably one of the best wide receiver cores in the league um and you know sometimes it is about you know creating and cultivating them them weapons on offense like we didn't really have go-to guys last year but obviously up and coming guys like Jalen Reger and possibly Jamar Chase if we draft him or Devontae Smith or you know Kyle Pitts even mm-hmm. um you know as, as soon as you get them weapons you know, because let's let's face it, I think the NFL is quickly becoming an offensive based sport. Um, you know, you only have to look at Mahomes and, and the Chiefs and the best teams in the league, Tampa Bay, the best teams in the league always have the best offense. And, you know, once you have them weapons, it, it, it's sort of becoming a shootout about, um, you know, just outscoring the opposite team right now. So, yeah, I think that you said that in one of the earliest episodes that it's becoming an um, offense dominated sport now. Yeah, he's he's sort of he's sort of had a little bit of a transition, a bit like uh, we have, again wanted to compare everything to 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 uh, football. It's he sort of had a little bit of a transition, like Italian football. You know, Italian football during the seventies, eighties, nineties were very much defensive based. You know, they were absolute cash cows for backing one nil score lines, and and the NFL's sort of transition, like Serie A's transition in Italian football in general, and become a lot more offense based and and less cautious and. And as a result, I think that's why it's sort of grown in the UK and uh, Sky have sort of pumped a lot of money into into trying to broadcast it. 
in the way that they have because they know that now it's sort of you're guaranteed entertainment because teams are relying more on you know having strong offenses and therefore outscoring the opponent rather than having strong defenses and therefore um, sort of just trying to keep things tight and you know nick it by um, you know a field goal or a touchdown or something mm. like that. Whereas now you you know you sort of guaranteed entertainment um, you know seventy seventy five percent of the time I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, I, I just remembered as well, we didn't really do an episode after the Super Bowl, so I forgot to ask you you two, how, how was your Super Bowl? Um, my Super Bowl was quite good. Um, I made some American-style food for my house, made some buffalo wings, some mac and cheese, um, had a few drinks and, and stuff like that. So, yeah, it was good fun. Um, yeah, it, it was very, very impressive from the Buccaneers. Their defence mm. was just amazing to watch. Yeah. Um, and even, even Mahomes, I know he went down fighting, um and and produce some amazing throws and some amazing sort of highlights but um yeah no the bucks are way too strong uh can never back against brady in the super bowl that's what, uh, yeah. that's what we said before i think and uh especially, stuck by it yeah especially that do you see that um mahomes throw when he was like on his side and he's like going down to the floor he's like nearly vertical yeah, he's almost the on the floor yeah it's, yeah it's incredible yeah Zach. yeah absolutely yeah i enjoyed it i think uh, I sort of, I, I think the hill that I was willing to die on all season was that I didn't think the Chiefs were going to get beat. But I think as, as the season sort of came to a close and, and and the playoffs as well, I think it became apparent that they, you know, they they weren't as much of a machine as they were in the early part of the season that they were beatable. Uh, like Greg said, it was you know, you know, very impressive from Brady and the Buccaneers. It were for, for me, it were over by the second quarter. You know, by half time, I'm thinking I, I really can't yeah. see a way back into this from the Chiefs, and 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 that sort of ruins it a little bit as sort of a neutral. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, because you you know, you, us were stopping up to like three, four in the morning. We want to sort of be entertained right to the last minute. But um, yeah. it was it was sort of a masterclass from from from, from the books, and, and 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 like Greg said, you don't you don't really back against Brady in the Super Bowl. Um, I, I feel a bit for Patrick Mahomes because I think there were a lot of expectation on him to back up what he'd done the previous year. You know, I think we've got to remember sometimes that he's only 25 years old. Mm. You know, he, he, the, you know the kid's still young and and you know and, and he and he's a kid. Um, I, I, part of me, you, know, you don't want to blame it on anything, and and um, and obviously what happened were, were, were terrible. But part of me thinks that the uh, vehicle crash thing with Britt Reid before the actual Super Bowl didn't help the preparation because I remember watching a live stream from one of the American channels and before the event and a lot of it were around that Britt Reid crash and I just think when you've got outside influences like that and you know sometimes it can become um, you know a little bit difficult to negotiate and obviously Andy Reid you know he's head coach and it's his son um, but you know, that, you know, I I don't think anything really w- would have changed the result. Um, it were it were very impressive from from the books and and and, and well deserved. How do you see um, the books running it back next year? Because I think um, Gronkowski's. I think I heard him in an interview saying that he wants to run it back. Is that? Do you think they can get two in a row with with Brady at this this old age? Um, I don't see why not. Um, he's still producing to a very, very high level. Uh, they still have a lot of talent around him. They obviously franchise tag Chris Godwin uh, yesterday, oh, yeah. I think it was. Yeah. Made a little, bit, a little bit of a strange decision. Uh, I think they should have franchise tagged Shaq Barrett or um, mm. on the defence just as because as, they already have pretty good depth at wide receiver, but getting him back for another year is not, not the worst thing in the world. 
Um, yeah, no, I don't see why not. They've, they've got a very, very good um, balanced team, really good offensive line, very good defense. If we can keep everyone together and just re-sign guys, even if it's only to one, two-year deals. Um, I'd actually think... I mean, the only the only thing they probably need to improve on will be running back. I know Fournette's contracts up, Lashawn McCoy's contracts up. Mm. Um, so yeah, running back is maybe the only place they could they could do with a real threat. But um, I, I don't see why not. They're so so strong, and even with Brady's age, I don't, mm. I don't feel really bad when, when you're that much of a winner and you install that yeah. mentality around the whole place. I think that's kind of something that's been understated. Is not just his mentality and his kind of uh, the way he holds himself, but that rubbed off so much on everyone else. He's gone into the place, he's put his arm around people. He said he was up texting everyone at two in the morning or whatever it was, mm. we're going to win it and things like that. And that just completely changes the mentality uh, of everyone there and that belief. So yeah, I don't, I don't see why they wouldn't be in the Super Bowl again and wouldn't win it. Yeah. That actually reminds me of, um, um, this is completely unrelated, but I saw, um, um, an interview with um, with uh, Christopher Nolan talking about um, the making of like Inception and and stuff and um, you know one of one of the quotes that really stuck out and I thought yeah that really applies to sports as well is he said that um, when you've got Leonardo DiCaprio you know you've got a movie and you know in the same way when you've got Tom Brady you know you've got a good chance of winning. Um, you know, going all the way, and I suppose, yeah, he he really does change the culture of the place and that winner's mentality. Um, yeah, I think those intangibles really do a really underrated aspect of his game. Um, you know, it's not just about him being an incredibly accurate thrower and um, you know, a, a great distributor of the ball, but also those you know intangibles, those those mental aspects. Yeah, definitely, and. Um... That's kind of something that's kind of underrated in in the whole world mm. of sport, I think. Anyway, in terms of building a culture and building that winning mentality, uh, I don't know if either of you listened to it, but the High Performance Podcast with Jake Humphrey, very very good. They get lots of top sportsmen, women, uh, businessmen, entrepreneurs on, uh, and just talk about mentality. They talk about building a, a winning culture, um, talk about intangibles, non-negotiables, mm. uh, and all those sorts of things. And it really opened my eyes anyway to that sort of stuff. Uh, and as Zach mentioned, the car crash before is definitely something mm. that you can't really measure, but is definitely going to be affecting the sort of mental preparation that the teams go through um, and certainly affect their mentality on the day, what, what it looks yeah. like anyway. Yeah, for sure. Um, have you boys got anything, anything you want to talk about or...? The, the, the Tom Brady coming into the book reminds me a little bit of, you know, I saw it first hand with when Gary Speed joined Sheffield United <laughs> in like 2008. The, the the team were expected to go straight back up and we were we were so unbelievably poor. The, you know, we had players there that didn't want to be there and the players that wanted to be there but didn't have the ability to change, to turn things around. And Gary Speed came in January and... 38 years old and I remember people thinking well what are you bringing in an old timer for and this that and the other but you know he come in and, and because he'd done that because he'd done it before and because he'd won trophies and league titles and he knew exactly what it took to win you know he, he, he turned everything around and suddenly you had players that that you know looking like they wanted to be there and you know I obviously you know obviously it's completely unrelated um really but obviously it's a shame that he, you know he never really got a good crack at management in the end but um, I just think that you can see parallels there, in, in you know, in, in the, in the, there's obviously what you know more high-profile ones, but 
the one that I, that was the one that I witnessed firsthand of a player coming in and completely changing the dressing room, the character of the players that were around him, the, even the coaches and, and the management. And I just think that that's what Brady has done on on, on obviously a larger scale to to, to the books and and it really shows and it, and it says a lot about him as a person and probably more so about him as a person rather than 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 as a player. I'm just getting flashbacks to the Warnock documentaries. <laughs> Um, got a fucking dad, three points, lads. <laughs> what a character, Warnock. Gotta love him. Can you oh, imagine if Warnock? Can you imagine if Warnock came out, came back to Wilder? I'd love Warnock to come back to Ramalane. I always thought he might them... come back in League One one day, but he never did. Yeah. Um, how are you boys finding Uni? Because we're all at like, Zach. Um, obviously, you started this year, so how are you finding it? I'm I'm fed up as Zooms to be honest with you. It's just yeah. like people asking questions and then like an awkward silence because no one wants to no one wants to speak. So, uh, but that is what it is. I mean, for for me because I'm not living in I'm not actually living in Sheffield. It sort of saves me, you know, twenty minute drive in Sheffield every day. So I I actually don't mind it to be fair. But um, I, I I can see why some people and and most people are finding it a bit tiresome to be. To, to do it on, on a laptop and over Zoom because you, you've got no like sort of motivation to actually get up and, and sit there and do a work because you think, well, you know, no, one, no one's going to tell me otherwise because they, they can't see me, they can't make me do it, but, um, mm. you know, actually what it is. Yeah, I mean, the um, the breakout rooms, like, they're the worst. They're the worst bit about it. The, oh, the anxiety when the teacher just like, <laughs> we're going to put you in the breakout rooms. out of it, isn't it? <laughs> Genuine nightmare, yeah. But um, no, it's not too bad. I'm, I mean, I'm a final year, so I've got my dissertation due in a few weeks, and just kind of, I've only have like one or two other modules, so I've had mm. loads of time to do draft analysis and stuff. So <laughs> I'm filling my time with just uh, NFL related stuff. I think. But, yeah. That's good. Um, well, I think that's about it, isn't it? I think um, yeah, we got through some decent stuff there. Um, it's nice to to have a bit of a chat about the NFL um, a bit of a comeback episode um, thanks Greg for joining us again no worries thanks for having me um, we'll see you guys um, in the next one whenever that is cheers guys for watching thank you cheers